When the Pharisees heard that they had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. He said, teacher, which commandment in law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David, by spirit, calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. The word of God. Lists, I'm going to be talking about lists, which is, uh, everybody loves lists. I mean, there's like... Uh, so simple reasons, this is provable why people like lists. I, I wrote them down somewhere. I don't know what, I can't really, no. Uh, uh, yeah, lists, especially, you know, social media, internet, people have always loved lists, but now they're crazy, they're everywhere. That's like the primary form of, you know, communication of most people under 27. It's just lists. Um, but it's not just now. The lists have been so popular for forever. You know, as a matter of fact, um, you know, the whole, uh, the, the, the drawings in the caves in France and Lascaux, those are really just somebody's grocery list. That was, uh, they found out that that's, they needed a horse, you know, they were going to get and they, all the other things. So they've been, these lists have been around for a long time. You know what it's like, you know, you get caught up in them. They, they, it's like the, the clickbait, right? It just seems like if somebody's going to tell you, you know, 10 things um, that will improve your relationship with uh, potential future RV communities, it's easier to, you just click on it, even if you don't really care, but you should, because if you get in a bad RV community down the line, it's trouble. Um, but... Uh, you know, one minute you're looking at pictures, you know, uh, online, uh, of, on Facebook, maybe of your cousin's new baby or, or cat, most likely a new baby cat probably would be preferable. And then the next thing you realize, you're clicking through the 25 worst celebrity charity names, you know? And how did you even get this way, you know? And, but I mean, I have to admit that... Uh, the James Franco Ferret Rescue and No-Kill Farm is pretty bad, um, as the names go. Yeah, one minute you're searching for a recipe for like a spicy uh, pork loin rub, and before you realize it, you've clicked on five foods that you should never eat while driving. 
And number three is a shocker. I'm just going to say that uh, right now, you know? And, uh, and uh, I mean, I agree, too, also, that it probably does make sense to stay away from the kebab. Um, the list, these lists, what do they call, you know, listicles, I think, was, you know, it's like a list article. It's really becoming now one of the, the number one genre in journalism now. I mean, this is how you have classes in building these uh, listicles now and how to communicate through listicles. This is what they're, they're studying in, in uh, journalism school, you know. Uh, you know, you, you, you get this article, you write it, the, the whole article is this list here, and you gotta come up, first of all, you gotta have some crazy, catchy headline, right? And something like, you know, 10 things babies secretly hate about you. You know, something that's just really gonna like, you know, draw people in. And you know, the article, it's just like subheads of each point about, there's no real content, it's just, the whole article is just the list of, why babies hate you so much. I mean, like number seven, nose hairs are gross. I mean, you lean over that crib, that all the baby is seeing is those nose hairs. So do yourself and the baby a favor, read this and uh, trim your nose hairs. Um, yeah, these, these lists, listicles, they're like, they're kind of like reality TV shows. They're like the reality TV show, I think, of journalism, you know? You don't really need to have any meaningful content in any of this stuff. Or you don't even need the ability to, to write. You just need um, like a number and a sensational headline to suck the readers in, and you're gonna get clicks all over the place. I mean, you don't want to take too much time, and it, and it doesn't take too much talent, but you can bring through a lot of traffic. Uh, you can really achieve something by not working that hard, which uh, is the number three reason. Uh, I, never, that that doesn't work even here. Okay, I'm gonna skip that one, you know. <laughs> um, but it did lead into the next number. That's complicated. I'm just gonna move along here. No, you know what it is? It's people like lists for the same reason they like reality TV. It's this kind of mindlessness that you can engage, you get something out of it. There's some sort of voyeuristic quality to a lot of these lists that, uh, that you're looking at. And um, there's usually an element of scene behind the curtain, you know, of something like that, uh, you know, like uh, what Michelle Obama doesn't want you to know about her hair products, you know, something like that. It's really, it's got that quality to it, and you're gonna, you're gonna go there right away. There's nothing with these things very upsetting, nothing very difficult, nothing very challenging. It's just sort of a nice, ordered interaction. In this New Yorker article uh, titled A List of Reason Why Our Brains Love Lists, uh, the writer uh, says that this article as numbered lists has several features that make it inherently captivating. Headlines catch our eyes, and then there's a stream of content, and it positions its subjects within like a pre-existing category and classification systems like 
talented animals, you know, and we immediately can absorb that and know, okay, um, and it spatially organizes information, those lists. Oh yeah, you just go right down the list. You can see it easily, consume it, um, and uh, it promises that the story is finite. You know, it's gonna be, you know right now there's only gonna be 17 of these. So you can go in and there's only gonna be 10. Um, so you know right up front it's quantified and how much you're gonna have to invest in it. So together all these things create an easy reading experience in which there's the mental heavy lifting uh, lifting of like conceptualization and categorization and analysis is all completed well adv in advance of you even engaging in it. So all you have to do is like sit down to that meal and consume these lists all there right for you. It's kind of like drinking a green juice instead of just consuming a whole bunch of kale. You know, it's already been worked out and, and it's made easy. Um, our brains crave effortlessly acquiring data. I don't know how it's always been that way, if it's always been that way, but um, I was gonna look into it, but it seemed difficult. Um, but just effortlessly acquiring data. No, the, 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 this ubiquitous listicle is not the entirety of the world of lists, obviously. There's all kinds of different lists. There's informational lists, there's ranking lists, there's uh, shopping lists, there's membership lists, ingredient lists, book lists, price lists, species lists, descriptives lists. I could go on and on. I could make a whole, you know. Uh... And so, um, why this listicle may be maligned as vapid mind candy, the list and listing has been a part of humanity from the very beginning. In every culture, in every era, lists are found. Now, um, now a list is a helpful tool, practically organizing what needs to be done. You know, one, what, or one, what somebody, sorry. It goes on and on uh, like that. I'm gonna skip to the good part about um, Umberto Eco and the Louvre. In 2009, uh, the Louvre, uh, France of course, their national art museum, the home to some of the most venerated uh, works in the canon of Western art. Uh, well, they invited Umberto Eco, the Italian, Eco, the Italian writer uh, and semiotician to curate an exhibition. They invited him to come and he could do whatever he wanted. He had the museum's entire collection at his disposal. Echo visited the Louvre to kind of explore the possible themes for this exhibit. And after spending days exploring the museum's permanent collection and catalogs of the more than 600,000 works that they'd acquire over the 230 year history of the museum, Echo found his theme lists. This is what he wanted to organize the exhibit around, lists. He was struck by the importance and frequency that, of lists as how they occur in the history of art and the development of cultures. He even published a book in conjunction with this exhibit called The Infinity of Lists and Illustrated History. It goes on and on. 
Um, the book contains essays about lists, the nature of lists, the history of list making. It's filled with lists, lists of works of art and literature, music, lists made by artists and writers and musicians, all kinds of lists. And Berto Echo writes in the essays in this book that the list is the origin of culture. It's integral to the history of art and literature. And he asks, what does culture want? He says that culture wants to make infinity comprehensible. It also wants to create order, not always, but often. And how, how are we as human beings, how do we face infinity? How does one attempt to grasp that incomprehensible infinity? How can you deal with that? Through lists. You make a list. Through catalogs, you catalog them. Through collections um, in the museum and through the encyclopedias he found their dictionaries, he comes to this uh, conclusion that, that we humans, we have a limit a very discouraging, humiliating limit, death. That's why we like all the things that we assume have no limits and therefore no end. We wanna believe that there are things with no ends. We like those things. We like lists because we don't wanna die. This is what Umberto Echo says. This is why culture, or how culture was formed. List, because we don't want to die. We catalog, we make lists to control what seems to be out of control. Things that are out of control, we make a list. We, how are we ever going to get all this done? Let's make a list. How am I ever going to get in shape? I'm going to start by making a list. You know, I'm so overwhelmed. Make a list, right? Make a list. How are we ever going to curtail the Earth's rising temperature so climate crisis doesn't lead to the extinction of all living creatures? Let's make a list. Every list is an attempt to control the chaos. Every list controls the chaos a little bit more. It pushes the inevitability of our death a little further out. Lists give us some slight feeling of control over the uncontrollable. And that most certain and consequential uncontrollability, our own death. Were you even aware that every grocery list you make is just your own attempt to escape death? I mean, sure, sure, you're thinking you just want to make sure you don't forget the Greek yogurt and the toilet paper, but no, no, you are futilely grasping at eternity. The Pharisees, they asked Jesus to make a list. What is the greatest commandment, they asked Jesus. And uh, you'd think that'd be pretty easy, right? But, you know, as Christians, we just got the Ten Commandments, you know, and uh, they're already pretty much ranked 
as it is. But in the Hebrew Bible, uh, Jews find 613 commandments. So that's going to be a really long list. Um, you're going to just have to click a lot to get through all those. But Jesus, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't uh, uh, blink an eye. They ask, and Jesus just says straight out, without a pause, greatest commandment, no problem. Number one, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. One. That, this is the first and greatest commandment. Then he gives them another one. Number two, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he goes on to say, on these commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. So of those 613 laws, you just got to remember those first two. Love God and love one another. And that's the end of the list, right there. Now, they don't really care about the answer. The Pharisees are just trying to trip him up. They've been trying to fool him. They're trying to get him to some, saying something blasphemous so they can uh, arrest him and kill him. And they do eventually figure that out. But, um, but with this, they have to kind of pause because he answers, he answers correctly. He answers correctly, and uh, they, it, this whole text ends by saying they didn't really know how to respond, and nobody asked him any more questions after that. What if every list we ever saw, everything that ever came up on the internet was just like, you just could be like, oh, replace it with love God and love each other. I don't think you'd spend as much time on it. Maybe you'd go out and uh, love. Do you really think this thing is true about the death thing? That we're afraid to die? Maybe if we're not afraid, it's, it's, we cannot control it. We cannot control death. And any little way we can organize the chaos is just really trying to grasp at the ungraspable, to order Lists, people who love lists, who are in love with lists, are people who are in love with control. And I'm not talking about anybody here or anybody I live with at all. This is just a general thing. It's not great, but we're all trying, we're all trying to control the uncontrollable because we don't know, we can't control death because we don't know really, surprisingly, that much about it. Empires need lists, need rules. The law is pretty much just a whole list of how to order the chaos in our society and how to uh, contain those that get out of order. But Jesus, he answers this question, and he's uh, not trying to get the answer right. He's not trying to get the top marks. He's not. He's trying to say, he says number one and number two, but actually number one and number two are actually like all of them at the same time. It breaks down the list. It breaks down the notion of list because it's, um, it's about love. 
And love cannot be controlled. It's about love. Love cannot be contained. You can't organize it. You can't put it where you want it to be. It flows out all over the place. It, it runs down the page, off your whole list and, and, and into your purse and in your car and where you forgot it on the top of your car when you're going to the grocery store. The love on the list, it won't stay on, it won't stay on the list. Without these rules, without these lists, without these laws, empires can't exist. And this love keeps breaking those lists, those rules, those attempts at control down. That's a good thing to remember. I mean, when you feel out of control, when you feel overwhelmed, when you just have too many errands on your list, stop, take a moment, and remind yourself that a list, even a really good one, cannot remedy your existential terror. But love can. Love can. A list can organize and aid you know, in the research and study of like invertebrate burrowing corn frogs, for example. But it cannot vanquish death. But love can. Maybe not vanquish death. I mean, we learned from St. Allison, James Allison, that um, love can contain death. That when Jesus rises from the dead, Jesus takes death up into the arms of God. We cannot control death. We cannot control love, but we can trust love. We cannot control death, but we can enter into death with the same radical mercy and gratitude, peace and love that we can enter into every day of this life with. Will you come and join me in this meal that is beyond our control?